0: we welcome you to the Tabernacle podcast brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Let's take our Bibles this evening. Go with me if you would to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 23. We've looked at all of the verses up until this point, but I want us to note some things here this evening as we consider the subject on the faith to go in, the faith to go in. We're in Hebrews 11 and verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, a saying to do, were drowned. And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. And by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies uh, with peace. This 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews has this theme of faith, believing God, trusting God. And we know that we are made just by faith, We're justified by grace through faith. And that same faith that is required for our salvation uh, is also required uh, if we are uh, to live for the Lord. And the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So the same faith that saves us is the same faith that we must exercise on a daily basis. And God is at work in uh, the lives of his people. Now, in Hebrews 11, he begins by, of course, describing faith to us and and defining it for us. Uh, He speaks of the faith of uh, of, uh, Enoch and uh, of Moses, or Noah rather, excuse me. Uh, He speaks of the faith of those on the other side of the flood, and then he speaks of the faith of Abraham and God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. God had called him to establish a nation and through that nation he would make his person known. God would make himself known through a people in a world that had become hostile and turned against God. God said, I'm going to call out a nation. I'm going to bless that nation. They are going to be my people. I'm going to be their God. And through them, all the nations of the earth will know who I am. They'll be blessed uh, through the knowledge of me. And so he begins with Abraham and then, of course, Isaac and Jacob. And we know uh, that Joseph was sent down into Egypt. And Joseph uh, interpreted the Pharaoh's dreams. And uh, he recognized that there was going to be a famine. And so Joseph gave the Pharaoh the plan by which the world would be saved. They would store up grain through the seven years of plenty, and then they, through that storage, they would be able to feed the world's population and uh, survive the famine uh, through uh, the next seven years. And so we know that the nation of Israel, the the brothers of Joseph, they came down to get grain. Joseph revealed himself to them. And uh, then Jacob and his sons came down to Egypt, and they dwelt there. For over 400 years and uh, Isaac and Jacob all testifying that God was going to fulfill his promise and his purpose that he would take his people into the land of Canaan and uh, there they would dwell and make him known but they're not in the land of Canaan they're in the land of Egypt and there comes a Pharaoh many years later who doesn't know about Joseph and what he did And so he puts the children of Israel in bondage and makes them servants and slaves. And uh, it is in that time frame then that Moses is born and God is selecting and calling Moses to lead the people out. And uh, to come out of Egypt, they had to overcome their fear. And to overcome their fear, they had to exercise faith. Their fear of the Pharaoh, their fear of Egypt and God has called us out. Now we know from looking at the passage last week in verse number 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. They had been set free. Uh, They had been delivered from captivity. They were on their way to Canaan. Uh, But along the way they got hemmed in. They got encamped by the sea, and there was no escape because the Egyptians were coming and pursuing after them. And they thought, oh, no. And they, 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 they murmured to Moses, it would be better for us to stay in Egypt than to come out here and die in the wilderness. And Moses began to pray. And God said, uh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You shall hold your peace, he said, and, and, and I shall fight for you. And he told Moses, he said, tell the people to go forward, raise up your rod, and then the Lord parted the waters and the children of Israel went through. Now, all along, the Lord, the presence, the pillar of the cloud, had moved itself to the rear of the camp of Israel, and created a barrier uh, between the Israelites and the Egyptians. And it gave the Israelites time to get past through the sea. And God took them through uh, some some dangerous waters and difficult times. And so God has given them the faith to go out, and he's given them the faith to go through. And now he's working in his people to give them the faith to go in. Now, we know that they were about a two-weeks travel time, maybe less, from the land of Canaan. And we also know that because of their unbelief, They didn't get there until 40 years later. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their unbelief. And we know that after Moses died, God said to Joshua, it's time to go. Now, I want you to think about that. Here's an entire generation of children who were born, not in Egypt, but born in the wilderness. All they had known is the wilderness, They had heard about the promises of God, but they were watching their parents die because of their unbelief. And now God is saying to them, it's time to go in. And we know that the spies had gone in 40 years earlier, and they saw the land, and they said, there are giants in there. There are giants in that land, and there are walled cities. And some of these people have chariots of iron, and there's no way that we can overcome them. I mean, this is an impossible task. And so all of their lives, they had heard their parents talk about how difficult it would be and how impossible it would be for them to ever enter into the land of Canaan. Don't you think they perhaps could have developed a defeated mentality? Now God is calling them to go in. Now, there were no doubt those, and we know Joshua and Caleb, who kept their eyes on the Lord, and and others, and Moses during his life and ministry, that were telling those children, no, God's going to take you in. While there were others who were telling, telling them it couldn't be done, there were those who were telling them it could be done in the power of God and only by faith. And so when we come here now to verse number 30, we find that the children of Israel had the faith to go in, to go into the land that God had promised them, to possess the possessions that God had given them to take possession of it. It was theirs by nature of God's promise. That was according to his purpose and his plan, But now, he says, you're going to have to trust me and go forward by faith. And so we think of this thought then tonight, the faith to go in. And we'll note some things about the faith to go in. And uh, I want you to go with me to the book of Joshua. Would you turn there? Joshua chapter number one. Because uh, if we're going to learn how to exercise the faith to go in, then we need to go back to when the children of Israel went into the land. So we go to the book of Joshua, and uh, we find verse number one, chapter number one, verse number one. Now, the Bible says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. Let me just say this. God spoke. God spoke. Aren't you glad that God speaks? Do you have a Bible in your hand tonight? Would you hold it up for me? Would you show me your Bible? Do you know that you have a record of what God has said? You have a record of what God has said? How do we navigate life? We follow the map that God has given us. What do we do in, in difficult days, in difficult situations? We honor God. We listen to his word. And God is speaking here. God is speaking. Now, what is God saying? The Bible says in, in uh, verse number 2, here's what God said. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. Here's the first thing that God said. By the way, let me just give you the first point so you can write it down. The faith to go in is the faith that believes in God's word. The faith to go in believes God's word, believes it. Now, it's one thing to hold up your Bible and say, well, I believe this is the book. I believe this is the word of God. And I believe that without doubt, everyone in our church believes that the Bible is the word of God. If you don't believe that, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong church. The Bible is the word of God. And we believe that. And we teach it and we preach it. We understand that it is sufficient. It is powerful. And so God has spoken to us. And he is speaking to Joshua, and this is the message. It's time to go over. Look again, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. It's time to go over, over the Jordan, and it's time to go in, into Canaan, to possess the land that I have given. I've already given it to you. It's yours. You possess it. Now go and take it. That's the message that God had for his people. Look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. In other words, everywhere you walk in this land, it's yours. It is all yours. From the wilderness, verse 4, and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. God said it's time to go over, possess this land. It belongs to you, and it is all, all of it belongs to you. Then he says this in verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Now, here's what God says in verse five. Number one, he says this, no man can stop you. No man can stop you. What does the Bible say about men? The fear of man bringeth what? A snare. God said no man can stop you, no matter how big he is, no matter how mean he is, no matter how much power he has, no man can stop you. Then he says this, here's the key. I am with you. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, do you believe that tonight, nor forsake thee. So what is his message? It's time to go over. It's time to go in and possess what I've given you. All of it is yours. No one can stop you, for I am with you. Then he says in verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. He says in verse 6, be strong, believe my word. If we're going to be strong in these days, then we must feed on the truth of God's word. It is the thing that nourishes us. It is the thing that builds us up. It gives us strength in the hour of temptation. It gives us light in a time of darkness. It helps us to persevere when we want to quit. If we put our faith, if we put our belief in, In the word of God, no matter what giants we see out there on the horizon, no matter how many fortified cities there are, no matter how many obstacles seem to stand in our way, God has said, I have a promise, I have a purpose, I will fulfill it, I will bring it to pass, don't be afraid, go in faith and believe my word. Well, that was a great message for Joshua And he reminds Joshua that again in Joshua 5, if you'll turn there with me, Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13. Because when the children of Israel go into the land, they go into the place where the most fortified and strongest city of Canaan is situated, the city of Jericho. You see, God doesn't start in this situation with a small little campaign. He starts with a big, big problem. A big city, a fortified city with impenetrable walls. Look in Joshua 5 and verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that's the name of the city, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said, art thou for us or for our adversaries? Now Joshua's standing there and he's got some of his men perhaps with him and maybe he's moved a little closer away from them and he's looking at the city of Jericho and he's saying, man alive. This place is a citadel. It's fortified. We don't have an army that can touch this wall. And if we get near it, those guys will shoot those arrows. I mean, we're in trouble. Now, that's how I would have been thinking. I, I Maybe Joshua deserves more credit than I'm giving him. But he would have looked at the situation and sized it up and said, this is tough. And then he sees somebody standing there and he's beginning to wonder, well, who, who is this Who's this person with? And so he goes over and he asks the question, art thou for us or for our adversaries? Verse 14, and he said, nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come. There was another army there that Joshua couldn't see. It was the Lord's army. And the captain made an appearance. You know who the captain is? Well, his name is Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, the author of our faith. It also speaks of the fact that he's the captain of our faith. He's the originator of our faith. He's our captain. But as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And he said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua, when he heard that, he said, Oh, I know who I'm talking to now. I'm talking to Jesus. Verse 15, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose thy shoe from off thy foot from the place whereon thou standest is holy. God's there. God is speaking, and Joshua did so. Now, there was straightly shut up, verse 1 of chapter 6, There was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. Jericho, rather, was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. I imagine now, I just imagine that Joshua's standing there looking at that fortified city thinking, I don't know how we're going to get through these walls. And then he sees the king and his mighty men of valor in a procession going into the city. And they've got an impressive army. And then he looks over and sees the captain of the Lord's host. It is the Lord himself. And he says, I want you to understand, I've given you this city and its king and its mighty men. They already are yours. That's mine. We're going to have dominion over them. We're going to have victory over them. Yes, that's what God is saying. And I want you to know that God has assured his people of victory. He has assured us of victory. We can live in victory. Now, we don't win the victory. Jesus has won the victory for us. For we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are on our way to heaven tonight, not by the nature of our victory over sin and the world and the flesh and the devil. We are on our way to heaven tonight by nature of his victory over sin and the world and the flesh and the devil. And we can live in power and victory over sin, triumphant over the circumstances of this life. And we can possess the possessions that God has given to us Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness. God said all these fruits belong to us. They're all in the land, and the land is for us. We can have that. We can enjoy that. We can live in the fullness and the blessedness of it. But there's a big city standing in our way, threatening to stop us. And so God said if you're going to go in, then you have to have belief in my word. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know why we need a steady diet of God's word every day? You cannot thrive as a Christian in this world if you're not in the Bible. You just can't. You just can't. A child can't grow if you don't feed him. He can't grow if you don't give him nutrients. And you'll not get nutrients unless you get into the Word of God. And you'll not develop a relationship with God unless you're in His Word and He is speaking to you. And we live such an anemic, weak Christian life because we do not have the discipline and the desire, oftentimes, to get into the Word of God. We found too many other things to feed on. I never heard of this growing up, but we like to binge on Netflix, you know? Binge on television. I mean, just the whole concept itself. It's really descriptive, and it's really accurate, is it not? Binge on filth and neglect the Bible. May God help us may God help us. I was recently at a funeral, and uh, the pastor of the church who was hosting the funeral and I were talking, and they had just built a brand new auditorium. It was beautiful. And the pastor said to me, how's it going uh, with the shopping center? And I said, well, it's We're in in progress. And I said, I'm sure I could learn a lot from you. Talk to me. And you know what he told me? This is what he told me. He said, I knew the devil would fight us, but I had no idea how he would do it in ways I never imagined. I remember when we closed on the property, uh, Mr. Hickman and I went over Uh, I came home, I said, babe, we own a shopping store, a shopping center, not me and her, but the church, right? I would have never said that to her if it was just me and her. I think I texted a few people, called a a few people. I think I gave the uh, documentation to Mr. Winstead, and here you go, Jesse, now you got to pay for it, right? I said, we own a shopping center. And she said to me, Do you know that the devil is going to fight us? And I said, Yes, but let's not talk about that today. <laughs> <laughs> and we look at fortified cities and strongholds that Satan erects in our lives and in our minds that seem impenetrable. And we think, that's more than we can handle, and it is. But it's not more than he can handle. So if we're going to have the faith to go in, we're going to have to have the kind of faith that believes God's word that means we better read it, we better study it, we better know it, we better rehearse it, we better recite it. Well, let me give the second thing. The faith to go in observes God's way. The faith to go in observes God's way. Now, God has an unusual way of doing things. And can I just say this to you? I... Sometimes, in fact, let me just say it again. Many times, God's way makes no sense to us. It makes no sense. If you don't believe me, look at chapter 6 and verse 3. Joshua chapter 6. And ye shall compass the city. Now, the captain, he's given Joshua the plan, all right? He's given Joshua the plan. Ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do six days. So we're just going to walk around the city six days in a row. That's what he's saying. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. So you're going to have the ark of God in this procession. And in front of the ark of God, you're going to have seven priests. And those seven priests will have... A trumpet. So they're going to have seven trumpets of ram's horns, and you're going to walk around the city six days, and the seventh day, you shall compass the city seven times. So one time a day, six days. On the seventh day, seven times. And the priests are going to blow with the trumpets. Excuse me. Now, I haven't read where they blew the trumpet any time or were supposed to until the seventh day. And it should come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. So God gives the plan. Here it is, seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, the men of war, the ark of God, there's gonna be si- six days of silence and on the seventh day, we're gonna shout and that's the way we're gonna do it. Are you guys excited about that? That's the way we're gonna do it. Can you see the soldiers and the priests and the captains, the heads of the tribes? I think they were from East Tennessee. And they said, Say what? <laughs> we're going to do what? Right. This is what we're going to do. Excuse, excuse me, Joshua. Hey. I don't want to discourage you. But that plan sounds a little crazy. Where'd you get that? I mean, did you talk to some people before you came up with this plan? No. It's, it's not my plan. It's the captain of the Lord's house. Can you bring him in? No, he's not coming in. He told me to tell you. And so Joshua has received the plan and he's communicated the plan. Look at verse 6. Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests, said unto them, take up the ark of the covenant, and let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, pass on and come past the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. So Joshua just says, look, with conviction, with conviction. This is what God said, and this is what we're going to do. And while they're all hashing it out, maybe, God said to Isaiah the prophet, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Lord, this just doesn't make sense. That's okay, just trust me. So the faith to go in is the faith that observes God's way. This is what God said to do, so let's do it. Well, then let me give you the third thought. The faith to go in rests in God's work. Now, in verses 8 through 19 you have a record of the first six days. And what happens the first six days? They walk around the city one time. The men of war, the priests with the seven trumpets, the ark of God, and the group behind, they come out against the city. The people of Jericho are looking over the walls, and they said, breaker one nine. Uh, we've got some activity in the camp of the Israelites. What are they doing? Well, they're, they're bringing that box out again. And they're in line. And they've got some priests walking around with trumpets in their hands. And they're not saying a word. And they're just walking around the city. Well, what are they doing? They're just walking. How many laps have they finished just well, they're about to finish. well, they just finished the first one. Well, what are they doing now? They're going home. Day two, same thing happens. I'll meet you down here in the morning, boys. Here we go. And they march around the city. They don't say a word. They don't do a thing. Day three, same thing. By this time, you would think the citizens of Jericho are standing over the walls and going, what are you crazy people doing? You think you're going to do something against us? We are Jericho. We are here. Deal with it. Day four, day five. Do you think maybe somebody said when they got back, what are we doing? This isn't working. Nothing's happening. They're making fun of us. Well, we got to do it one more day, except tomorrow we got to do it seven times. And on the seventh day, Joshua said when they finished the seventh lap, he said, okay, you guys are ready to blow that trumpet? Let it rip. You see, there are many days when we're walking in circles, and we have to be silent. While the enemy screams. Do you know being silent is the hardest thing to do sometimes? It's the hardest thing to do. Just be silent. Just wait. What did did God say? What did Moses say uh, uh, to the uh, Israelites? He said, ye shall hold your peace. Quit this complaining and this murmuring and this doubting God. Stop it. Hold your peace, and the Lord shall fight for you. Do you know what was happening? God was at work. Can I help you understand something? God is at work today. He's at work to advance his church. He's at work to save souls. There's a little girl. She's no longer a little girl. She was born a little girl in the city of Jericho. We don't know what happened to her. Maybe she was neglected by her father, abused by her family, and she became a harlot. She entertained men in her home, fulfilled their sinful pleasures so that she could earn money. God was at work in her life. One day she heard about the children of Israel had come out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. She heard the story about how it happened and she thought about the God who did that. She didn't grow up hearing about the true the living God, no. She grew up in a wicked culture, an immoral place, being abused and used. And mistreated, and maligned, but she hears about a God, a powerful God, a real God, a loving God, and a benevolent God. And some one day, some spies show up at her house, and uh, she says, "I know who you guys are. You, you're from Israel." And uh, I know who your God is. Then there's a knock at the door. The men of Jericho have found out they're there. And so she says, quickly hide. And she hides them. And then she tells the men of Jericho, they've already left. They're not here anymore. And she hides them away. And then she, after those men pursue, she gets those two men again. And she says, look, everybody in Jericho knows that your God is the true and the living God. We all know that we're in trouble we all know that we're heading for destruction. Judgment has fallen on the great mighty city. Would you do me a favor? Because I have believed in your God and I have hid you from these pursuers. Would you remember me when you come back? Would you would you save me and my family? You see God is at work. He's at work in many ways that we don't understand and we don't see. You see, he's not just seeking to destroy lives. In fact, God is not doing that at all. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives. He came to save that which was lost. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is doing a work in the silent days. I don't know how it was happening, but I imagine the foundations underneath those walls were cracking. Maybe a big sinkhole. Who knows what God did? But he was at work when it didn't look like he was. Has God ever been at work when you didn't think he was? And now you can look back and you say, God was at work. Well, then let me encourage you. He's at work today. He's at work. Then there was the shouting day in verse 15 came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. It came to pass the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And so they let loose a shout. It had been bottled up for six days, right? But before they go in and before they shout, he says this The city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein. To the Lord only Rahab the harlot shall live. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. There's the saved sinner. Then he told him about the sacred treasures in verse 18. Ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing. In other words, don't go in and take the silver and gold of the city, it belongs to God. God gets the first fruits, friends. God gets the first fruits of all our increase. You see, God was at work. Well, then let me give you the last thing. The faith to go in experiences God's wonders. The faith to go in experiences God's wonders. They recognized that uh, God was at work. And then on the seventh day when they blew that trumpet, They got to see it, and what a wondrous thing. Now, the first wonder was this. A stronghold was conquered. Jericho, that fortified city that nobody could ever overthrow, well, it fell. Look at verse 20, chapter 6. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard that the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up. Into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city and they destroyed their enemies. Can you imagine the people of Jericho laughing? Oh, today's seven days. Oh, no, now they're blowing the trumpets. Oh, they're letting out a shout. Well, that's quite impressive. And then all of a sudden, their protection is gone. The walls have fallen flat, a stronghold is conquered and souls are converted. Souls are converted. Verse 22, But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred. You see, not just Rahab got in, but the whole family got in. What a glorious thing. They got in. How far did they get in? I mean, she was a harlot after all, right? Well, Matthew tells us how far she got in. Matthew chapter 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. She's in the book. Verse 5. And Salmon beget Boaz of Rahab. That's her. She got married to a guy named Salmon. I wouldn't like that name. But she got married to him. She met him. She said, something fishy's is going on here. No, that was terrible. That was bad. That was really bad. That was really, really bad. That was terrible. They had a little boy named Boaz who was the kinsman redeemer for a Moabite girl named Ruth, and they got married, and they had a little baby. His name was Obed, and Obed got married and had a little baby, and his name was Jesse, and Jesse got married and had a lot of kids, And uh, I think perhaps the youngest, I think it was, was David. And David had the promise that he would have a son eventually. And you know who that was? That's Jesus. She got in, didn't she? She got in. Oh, the amazing grace of God, isn't it? You see the faith to go in. Well, that's what we need, isn't it? The faith to go in believes God's word. The faith to go in observes God's way. It doesn't sometimes make sense. It seems really unusual and unnatural. But nevertheless, we need to follow God's way. The faith to go in rests in God's work, even when it seems like nothing's happening and nothing's, nothing's really being accomplished. We're just kind of spinning our wheels and going in circles and keeping our mouths shut. And The enemy's lobbing his jeers at us from above. We just keep doing what we're doing day after day. We're resting in God's work. And then the faith to go in experiences God's wonders. What do you think we'll see God do here? You think about that? What do you think we'll see? I'm talking about us. What do you think we will see God do at Tabernacle Baptist Church? He already knows what he's going to do. He's going to bring it to pass. We just have to trust him and go in. Now, the devil, he's got probably a better grasp on it than we do. And he doesn't like it. So he's going to do everything he can to shut us down, to s- soil and pollute and discourage And divide and destroy you know the devil never builds anything he just destroys things god's the builder jesus said i will build my church in the gates of hell will not prevail against it so may god give us the faith to go in thank you for listening we pray that god has used his word to speak to you today if you'd like to learn more about tabernacle you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.